Welcome, everyone. We're just going to get started after this next song, so please enjoy.
Welcome everyone, we're going to start just after this song is over. If you get a chance, please retreat, retweet the room. Welcome, everyone. I'd like to welcome you to a Stoner Sunday service. I'm Pastor Pothead. I am a fully ordained Christian pastor through the International Council of Community Churches. This is an open service. We do church different, and everyone is welcome. And I guarantee that services would last no more than 30 minutes. That's right. At 7.30, the space ends. And if we want to chat and continue after the space, I'm happy to open up a follow-on space. And just as we do each week, I don't invite people up to speak. We just go through the church service and then we're done. It makes things quick, easy, and without any um, arguments. What fun. So let us pray. Father, we come before you today with humble hearts. We praise you for your goodness and mercy. We thank you for your many blessings in our lives. We ask for your guidance and wisdom as we go through this service. Help us open up our hearts and minds to hear from you today. 
Amen. Today's reading um, comes from Genesis 1. It is, it starts at day four of the creation story. This is the word of the Lord. And God spoke, swarm, ocean, with fish and all sea life. Birds fly through the sky over earth. God created the huge whales, all that swam of life in the waters, and every kind and species of flying birds. God saw it was good. God blessed them, prosper, reproduce, fill the oceans, and birds reproduce on earth. It was evening, it was morning. Day five. God spoke, earth, generate life, every sort and kind, cattle and reptiles and wild animals of all kinds. And there it was, wild animals of every kind, cattle of all kinds, every sort of reptile and bug. God saw that it was good. God spoke, let us make human beings in our image, make them reflecting our nature so they can be responsible for the fish in the sea, the birds in the air, the cattle, and yes, the earth itself, and every animal that moves on the face of the earth. So God created human beings. He created them godlike, reflecting God's nature. He created them male and female. God blessed them. Prosper, reproduce, fill the earth, take charge. Be responsible for fish in the sea and birds in the air, for every little thing that moves on the face of the earth. Then God said, I've given you every sort of seed-bearing plant on earth and every kind of fruit-bearing tree. Give them to you as food, to all animals and all birds, everything that moves and breathes. I give whatever grows out of the ground for food, and there it was. God looked over everything he had made. It was good, so very good. Then it was evening, and it was morning. This is the word of the Lord. Now, as we listen to the next song, I ask that you, you find your center, a place to relax before I start the sermon, and then we will flow right into the sermon. This is Giving In, featuring Abby Seiler. Sprinkle 
Lord, help me speak your word with faithfulness, clarity, authority, passion, wisdom, humility, and liberty. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. Now, I open the service and, and I advertise the service talking about how hot it is and how it's going to get hotter. And then I read a reading that really shows the creation story from a biblical perspective. Now, I'm a, I'm a believer in both science and religion, so I understand that what was a day to God might have been millions of years to people, as science has shown us. And since God is the creator of science, you know, I don't question the science, knowing that it came from God himself. So, and I don't question the story because it doesn't give us an idea of what truly was day and night. I mean, initially when the earth was created, it didn't even rain. God just fed everything through underground springs until that first rain with Noah, as, as we read. But I want you to really think about the world. Let's talk about earth to start. The earth is 24,901 24, miles at its circumference, for circumference. Basically, this is how long it takes to go around the equator. And the earth spins at 1,040 miles an hour. So at this very spot I'm sitting doing this service, I'm actually moving half a kilometer every second in space. And I'm not moving around, I'm moving basically in a forward direction. So we're kind of swirling upward as the entirety of our galaxy moves and we spin around the, the sun and the sun moves. So we just moved and we keep moving and we don't notice it. Even the size of the Earth is perfect. Gravity holds a thin layer, mostly of oxygen and nitrogen, our atmosphere. If Earth were smaller like Mercury, our atmosphere would be impossible. And if the Earth were bigger, say Jupiter, our atmosphere would contain too many other chemicals. Only this planet of this size is equipped with an atmosphere just perfect to sustain plant, and animal, and human life. And the Earth is located 92,960,000 miles away from the sun. Now, this does um, move a little bit as, as we spin around the Earth because we're not on a perfect circle. But on average, that's where we are. And because of this, typically our temperature on Earth swings from about 30 degrees to about 120 degrees. These are the swings we get. Now, if we moved any closer to the sun, we would burn up. And if we started to move farther away from that 92 million miles, we'd freeze. And the Earth stays this perfect distance from the sun, rotating 
allowing the entire surface of the Earth to maintain a, a perfect balance of temperature, heating in the day and cooling at night. In fact, even our moon is perfect. It keeps our tides moving and the ocean waters moving. Water, which is colorless, odorless, and tasteless, and all living things on this planet need it to survive. Plants, animals, humans, birds, trees, it, they're all mostly water. Our bodies ourselves are two-thirds water. I want you to think about that. You really are just two-thirds water. We're just giant meat sacks of water. And water has an unusually high boiling point of 212 degrees and a low um, freezing point of 32 degrees. Water lets us live in an ever-fluctuating temperature while our bodies themselves stay at 98.6 degrees. Water in itself is a universal solvent. That means that water allows minerals and nutrients to be carried throughout our bodies. Water is chemically neutral. Water allows these minerals and nutrients to be absorbed by our bodies without changing them. Water has unique surface tension. This allows the water and plants to flow upward against gravity, feeding even our tallest trees from the bottom of its roots to the top of its branches. 97% of our earth water is in the ocean. And on earth, there's a perfect system designed to remove the salt from the water and distribute that fresh water around the globe. Now your brain, your brain is also made up of 75% water. And this water-based human computer simultaneously processes an amazing amount of information. Your brain can see, hear, taste, touch, and smell. But did you also know your brain knows the difference between hot and cold? It understands dry and wet. Keeps your heart beating, your lungs breathing, and your eyes blinking. It understands hunger and fullness. Now, why am I having a science lesson today during church service? Because today is not really about proving to you that God exists and science exists. It proves to you that when God created the world, he created it perfectly. And then he left us, man, to be servants of that world. He tells us to prosper, reproduce, fill the earth, take charge, be responsible for fish and animals and planets, or animals and plants and everything within our planet. God has told us to be responsible for. And that responsibility, he basically has said, I have made this thing perfect and now I perfect. And yet, today we sit here amidst a planet that is boiling, is how I like to think about it. We are, the summers get hotter, our winters are getting colder. Our weather patterns are changing, not for the better. We have humans have taken our responsibility of, of stewards of this planet, and we, we are doing kind of what God said. But we're not doing it in his image anymore. We're doing it in, in a way we want to. We are affecting the world in a way that seems negative to the fish and the animals and the plants and the seas and really everything on earth, including ourselves. God gave us this planet as a gift. He, God created us with the ability to create. That's what he means by godlike. The ability to create things from nothingness. The ability to control um, our, our environment. The ability to create and, and discover how things work and how things interact. And in that, he's given us the ability to realize that what we do 
on this planet directly affects the planet itself. He's also given us the ability, or quite a few people, the ability to completely ignore what science is telling us today, is that we man, as, as arrogant as it sounds, there's just so many of us that we have gone to the point where we have the ability not only to create, but to destroy the gift that God has given us. And instead of realizing that us as, as shepherds of this planet, and we should be doing things to fix what we're breaking, we instead are ignoring what science tells us, saying, you know, that's all, you know, that's all wrong. Basically ignoring the, the gift from God of science, that, that knowledge and understanding of what makes the earth work. And we're ignoring it for our own selfishness and greed. This is not where we should be. We are stewards of this planet. It is, it is in our best interest to take care of the place we live. Because at this point, God has only given us one place to live. We only have this one planet to sit upon. And without having another place to go, once we, utilizing those powers of creation and destruction, destroy the gift that God gave us, there's no guarantee that God's going to hand us another gift in that place. There's no expectation that we're going to be given another place to live or even get to a point where we have the ability to find another planet that matches all those perfect things we talked about, the ability for the planet to be the right circumference so that the atmosphere can be correct, so that gravity fits the way we work, so that we're just far enough from the sun that we don't burn up, but we're just close enough to the sun that we don't freeze, and that our planet rotates at such a speed so that temperatures never get too cold on the dark side or too hot on the sunny side that that it destroys what's there. It moves just fast enough that the sun heats up our atmosphere and then it goes to the dark to cool itself so we get a nice average temperature that we all can survive in. And that ability for sun to come up and come down allows our plants to grow and thrive. And the water that God has given us allows us to survive and plants, animals to, to have survival. And the ability for animals and plants to eat and humans to eat what is here gives us the ability to live. But yet we ignore those gifts for our own selfishness. And then in our own selfishness, we also ignore that God isn't giving us a second gift. We don't know if there's another planet God is handing us or any belief system can say that we're being handed something additional. So I say it's hot today and I expect the weather's going to get worse and it's going to get hotter. And yes, this sounds more political than than church, more scientific than religious. But I, I want you to think about this. God created the, the heavens and the earth and he placed us upon it. And he gave, us, he gave us gifts. And within those gifts are the gifts of education. And within education, we have the ability to learn and we have the ability to discover. And within those discoveries, we, we, we take those discoveries and put them in a folder called science. Well, that means God created science. And if we then start denying what science is telling us, are we not denying what God is telling us? That we are destroying the very planet that we live upon. And that we have to sit down and fix that. Now, here's the other problem with that. We, as the collective we, the nine of us sitting in the room, or really all the people on the earth just in their own utilization, can't do enough to fix the earth. 
we have to get corporations and manufacturing to truly do the work because they're the ones that utilize more than we ever thought of. Think of California and its water problems every year and their, their water sharing. Did you know that if every Californian stopped watering their lawns and utilized water only to drink, they would only affect about 7% of the water table? And if every commercial building followed that same idea, you still only affect 21% of the water usage. That means that 79% of that water usage is really being utilized by manufacturing and farming. And it's those organizations that really need to make their changes to affect the whole. Because if you're only affecting just enough water to fill the bottom of your cup, you're ignoring all the water that should be at the top of your cup. And it's the same with garbage and, and, and carbon and all that. Our ability to make changes within our own homes does affect some, but we all as humans, if every human on this planet were to do their part, we would only affect about 14 to 15% of the, of the pollution on the planet. We have to tell our corporations who are run by us that they need to make changes in mass because it is their change in mass that truly will affect a majority of the problem, not our changes. I'm not saying that you can ignore recycling and all the other stuff. We should still do our part because we are offering up the example of the way things should work. And if we all offer up the example and we force corporations through our examples to have to follow that example, they will start following it if it affects their ability to earn money. So we need to utilize our time, our treasure, and our talents to show them how it should be done. I do want to thank you all for coming and hearing, you know, my, my lovely rant about where I really think we need to go and what God has given us a, as a gift and what we're doing to destroy that gift. And I really want you to think to yourself, if God doesn't give us another gift of a planet and we continue on this path, regardless of what science or anything else says, it's getting hot outside. I'm lucky I live in an area of the world where the weather patterns haven't drastically changed. We still get in the 90s in summer, we still get down to the 30s at winter, and we still get 66 inches of rain a year. Drought is not a known, is not a big thing in the southeast of the United States. Getting hot in the summer is not a surprise. Getting cool in the winter is not a surprise. We're not seeing the three-digit swings and the unbearable heat because our area hasn't changed much. But I would hate to be someone living in Texas right now where they're dealing with triple digits every day, knowing full well that in the winter, they're going to be in negative digits. And their, their weather is, is, is just uncontrollable and, and unreadable. Or places in the Northeast where they're now flooding where we didn't expect to see floods. And they're needing air conditioning in places that we never expected to need air conditioning. Now, I'm going to stop now because I just realized it's 724 and I can continue on for hours on this subject. And I promised people that I would not do that in my sermon. So I will stop now and I will thank you, everyone, for taking the time to hear me. And I say, let us pray. Loving God, fill my heart with the love that you freely give. Make love my first and last thought. May I love others and freely give to them. Make my spirit a spirit of joy happiness, and love for both my friends and my enemies. Help me love as abundantly as you have loved me. Amen. 
Now, I'm going to play a song, a very short song, because we're running out of time. And as I play this song, if you have any prayer requests, you can click on the little bubble on the bottom right of the screen and, and add those prayer requests to the room, and I will pray for those openly. If you have prayer requests that you would like to keep private, you may send me a DM with your prayer request. I'll still state that you have a request so that everyone in the room can pray with us for you, but I will not read out loud what your prayer request is. And I will start as soon as I find that short song I had picked. This is God Only Knows by Kenyan Country. Lord, I want to thank you for everyone that has come here today. I would ask you to watch over us, our family, our friends, our communities, over the world. I ask you to watch over Pete and Whitney and Soli, Don and Angel Mojith, Royal Dreads, Bex Threads, and Cam. Watch over us, watch over our families and friends. Please take care of us as we continue on in our life and we continue to move within your word. Amen.
Now, we're at the end of church, and this is where most churches pass around the pot. And I am not going to pass around a pot. You know, tithing to me is not something I expect you to do for me. I am a tent maker. And from a, a pastor perspective, that means that I have a, a secular job to allow me to work in the non-secular world. So I have a job that pays everything I need to live, survive, eat, drink, and, and care for my family. Which means that I don't need you to provide me with money to do that. So what I ask you to do is to take your time, treasure, and talents to support your community and help where you feel your community needs it most. This could be the community you live in and you go help a neighbor mow their lawn, you foster a pet, you donate to a local homeless shelter, you offer to take a neighbor to go grocery shopping when they're unable to. See, tithing is the act of sharing the gifts that God has blessed you with to take care of the world that God has asked us to be stewards of, not to take care of me. So that's what I ask of you before our next service is that you take a moment to tithe and through tithing you support your community. Let us pray. God, we thank you for meeting us here tonight and for delivering your word. May each soul in this place have been touched through the songs and the preaching, and may each take to heart the word that came forth. We pray that those seeking an answer received it, and that those who needed a special touch were granted that touch. Bless each of us and keep us safe until we are able to gather together again. Now I say to all of you, go into the world with confidence. Trust that Christ is walking with you, and go and be a beacon of light in this dark, dark world. Amen. And thank you all for coming. I'm going to play a song and you are welcome to head out when you wish. When the song is over, I'm going to close out the recording. And then a little bit later, I'm going to jump back online. And if there's a space to join, I will. And if not, I'll create a space myself. This is Thank You, Lord by John Guerra.
Thank you, everyone. Have a great day. I will see you all later. For those of you who just joined and missed the sermon, this is a recorded space, so give, me, give it about three minutes, and the recording will be available to listen to. I love you all, and I'll see you all through the week.